You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Monday Night Raw Wrestling Inc. After Show with the Triple Threat, Triple J, Justin, Jack, and Corduroy. How you doing, <laughs> Corduroy? How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. And every time I hear that, I just uh, I, I I can't help but pop. Even if it doesn't look like it on the in, on the outside, on the inside, I'm popping huge. <laughs> We uh we had a, a a moment tonight that definitely popped me as far as things that got said. But Justin, how was your weekend? Did you uh did you chat with your 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 client Slade? Did you chat with him about the the match last week? Did you figure things out? And maybe work on a game plan for the future? Well, you're not privy to know that, but uh, uh, <laughs> I, I did I did my job. I did what I have to do. Uh, things are all things are all good over here. I have no complaints. Things are moving in the right direction and uh, i will i will i do have to say this um uh, i'm here tonight obviously i'll be here next week i think after that on that particular role i will not be because WWE comes to town in pittsburgh and i can't be here and be there at the same time so ah. so you'll be live you'll be able to send us the insider notes about how many how much areas tarped off that seems to be what everyone's most interested about with live <laughs> events but ah. there can you believe they tarped off the spot where the cameras are supposed to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, maybe I will get the That's drop in, in two mm. weeks. There you go. There you go. Well, next week they're in Toronto. So uh, I, I, I'm. we're going to see. I've already talked to a few people that I might uh, pop in on the weekend, but uh, I don't know about Monday yet. So uh, I, may, I may do an early run-in and just say hello to a few people and be back in time for this next Monday. I will let you know for sure, though. Jimmy, throw the stripes back on. If they're going to be in your backyard, put the stripes back on and get in there. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I, do you hear that, knees? You hear that? Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> There's one of those things where the ref gets taken out and they're like, we need a referee in here. And then Jimmy comes running down the ramp, slides running. in, counts the three. Running? <laughs> running. That's, that's the only issue. <laughs> You come out from the crowd, you hop the barricade, and you slide in, and you or count get, the three. Or get tackled, like, and we'll talk about that later, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Dexter Lewis. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, man. 
Um, so uh, we we got a fun show for you guys to chat about. But before we uh, we get into it, there's some news items we want to check up on. And uh, first and foremost, we're talking about new directions in WWE. Well, who better to talk about the new direction in WWE than the former head writer himself, uh, Brian Gewertz? He had some words to say. He was talking about how now there is a a fresh new car smell with the WWE writing and uh, what they're seeing on TV. And uh, he says that you can't help but uh, be excited about it. And um, uh, I'm going to be honest, I have the uh, the article here from Wrestling Inc. pulled up and I got a big ad right in my face as I'm writing <laughs> reading it. So I got a little cut off there. Uh, we're live, pal. So, um, but yeah, he was talking about how um, there's a fresh new car smell and how Triple H has such a knowledge of what everything that was going on in NXT. And that's a big help as these talents are coming up to the main roster. But how long can the fresh car smell last, Justin? That's the question he had. And that's the question I pose to you. Well, it's inevitable. You know, anybody that's ever had a, uh, that, that fresh car smell in that new car, it's inevitable it's going to wear off. But it doesn't mean you can't wash the car. It doesn't mean you can't clean the car. And, and, and the metaphor I'm getting at here is that, um, you know, yeah, eventually, I don't know if it's going to be three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. We're not right now. Uh, Triple H is very, is very much in a baby face honeymoon period with the the Internet audience, the audience that is at least aware that uh, there's been a, that, that Vince is not sitting behind the curtain and, and, and making the, the, the day to day creative choices. So, you know, everything positive that happens, even if somebody even if the damn janitor suggested it and Triple H just happened to sign off and say, sure. Uh, everything good that is happening right now, we are giving an attribution. We're drawing a, a line back to Triple H, whether it's right or wrong. Um, mm -hmm. Eventually, that will wear off. Eventually, it'll just become he's the boss, and and he will start to take some heat for when there is that inevitable, as there is in the creative business, uh, uh, something that just doesn't land. There's going to be oh, I don't know, Triple H can handle the job, you know. But it's can he continue to get more wins than losses can he continue to have more hits than misses can he you know just when we think maybe things are starting to get just that his version of raw is getting stale he does something to spice it up that's going to be the key and that's honestly what i think a lot of people would agree that that's where vince kind of fell off is things just got too redundant for too long a period of time vince stopped reinventing things he stopped i think that's what the, the common thing so uh time will tell but i mean look he's a student of the game he's in his early 50s uh, so you know, relatively young, hopefully in good health after the scare. Um, seems like he's in a collaborative state of mind, uh, willing to listen or willing to maybe not work 20 hours a day and give some more delegation of responsibilities to other people. And just, you know, so I, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. But, but Brian Gewertz is a great guy to get the perspective from because, you know, for those who aren't familiar with him, you know, this is a guy who was in, in, a, in a writer's room and jimmy you can attest to this having been there in a, in a writer's position where there's a lot of turnover in that job uh you know the average span for a writer in WWE not long you know and so brian was there for quite a while was very important for a lot of big stories and big characters even got brought back as a consultant for a time mm -hmm. part of the rock dwayne johnson's con uh, production group so that you know that tells you something so you know he's a guy who you know worth listening to from his point of view of how creative uh, is performing yeah jimmy he uh he has a book seventh most powerful man or in the in the wwe uh you've been there was he was he fibbing a little bit was he really that high up or was he more of a ninth guy 
but he was pretty much up there, but it, it, it was more of a quiet thing. It's it, it, Brian has this way about him where he's so easily approachable. And sometimes you're thinking, is he listening to me? He is, trust me. He's always listening, but it, it's just that he's so relaxed and so different. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the difference, as Justin was saying, the difference between approaching someone like a Vince McMahon or a Triple H. There's a difference there as well. And I don't want to say it's because, it, even though this plays into it, <clears throat> the talent looks as, at Hunter as one of us. He was there. He knows what this process is like. Vince has this aura about him, rightly or wrongly. You know, everybody has their own different takes with him that oh, I don't know if I could approach Vince with this idea or that idea. You know, hey, Vince, when you have a minute, can I talk to you and stuff like that? I think people feel intimidated. And it's not, it's just that aura that he he, he emits, for lack of a better term. And, and, and Hunter doesn't have that. Hunter is very approachable. He was like that in, before he got into a quote-unquote office position. When he was one of the guys, like when he was with DX, he was the voice of reason in the group, so to speak. He was, you know what I mean? And uh, he he's easily approachable, and he actually listens. And, and to and to go off of what Jimmy mm -hmm. just said here, uh, obviously last night was the DX biography on the on the A and E series, yeah. and, and going to what Jimmy said about Hunter has been one of them. Um, you know, it's obviously very well documented that early in his career in WWE, that when the curtain call happens, you know, uh, Razor and Deezer are gone, so there's no punishment that can happen to them. Sean's your champion; you you can't afford to strip him or suspend him. Mm -hmm. So all the all, all the crap, all the punishment went to went to Triple H for for the next part of a year. And now he's the boss, so he's gone through the. So he he's paid dues in terms of he's been the guy that's got pig slop thrown on him because he's being punished for something that he collectively did with his buddies that they all thought was, you know, so like, you know, Vince never had that. I mean, you know, I mean, Vince paid his own dues in his own way, but you know, bought the company from his father and off he went, um, certainly gambled on himself, certainly fought the government, certainly fought, you know, whatever, uh, critics, but you know, like triple H just has a, a certain respect that he's going to be able to get from talent for having gone through what he's gone through. And then, Oh, by the way, also dated and then married the boss's daughter. The ultimate forbidden no-no. Yeah. You know, talk about balls and grapefruits. He did it, but he also did it in a respectful way. There's just a lot. So he also saw that perspective where, okay, here's the daughter who grew up as Vince's daughter, grew up in the business. and grew Like, he's just gotten such perspective and lived such a life that that really sets him up for a lot of success of being able to, to Jimmy's saying, being approachable, but being able to, like, put different lenses on and say, okay, this talent's coming to me with this. I need to treat this talent maybe a little bit different than I would treat this talent because it's it's all relative. And I wonder if the, the paying the dues thing, this is just me speculating here too, but as you mentioned, Vince did pay dues, but to be fair, a lot of the dues he paid, and I mean, he's, he's, I, I'm not acting like he didn't work his whole life, but a lot of the big dues he paid when he was really kind of building things was so long ago, most of the people in that locker room don't really resonate with that well know? yeah i mean I mean, vince again don't i don't want to uh, seem like i'm diminishing you know vince did pace i mean vince gambled on himself i mean vince, mm -hmm. i mean you know uh, it's yeah. very well documented if wrestlemania one doesn't work if wrestlemania three doesn't work he's bankrupt he's not you know so he he gambled on himself and bet on himself but he never vince was never not in charge you know what i mean other than a brief period of working for his dad he was never not in charge he was always the guy hunter had to work from literally being no nobody from ground up mm -hmm. and it was a time when I, the people in the locker room were watching it and alive and yeah. and 
there for it, where I think a lot of people in the locker room now probably weren't <laughs> watching wrestling that closely back when uh, Vincent Mann was betting on himself, or at least there, exactly. you know, yeah. the majority of them anyways. Uh, right, exactly. And, and, and like, again, to further uh, Justin's point, the locker room now uh, pretty much has either witnessed it with Hunter or they have heard all about it because one of the things you do here in the locker room is a lot of stories about the past and Hey, I remember back in my day, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and Hunter does have a great reputation and deservedly. So, uh, you know, this isn't me sucking up to the new boss. This is me calling it like it is as, as someone that I knew. And I called a friend back in the day. You're just being nice. Cause you're hoping next week you get the ball. <laughs> To no. jump the barricade, <laughs> slide into the ring, and declare a new champion. Jimmy, hey. what, si what size referee shirt are you? Are you a large or an extra large? Uh, I think I'm down to uh, uh, a large, uh, medium ish kind of in between. Uh, unlike Spider, who likes to wear the schmedium uh, and get the, you know, show those arms off. But anyway. Yeah, you got to show the guns. You versus uh, Spider. <laughs> speaking of betting on themselves though leo rush has been fueling speculation recently with an instagram post he posted a picture of him and bobby lashley together from their time in wwe together and he's a free agent right now which is getting everyone thinking is the man of the hour the next to get signed and debuted re-debut in wwe jimmy do you think this is uh leo trying to maybe fish for some options here uh, it doesn't hurt, especially now when there is a lot of buzz with uh, the new management of Hunter taking over creative and uh, that sort of thing. So it, it, if he plans to go to WWE, he, he also uh, uh, not only Leo Rush, but a lot of guys are thinking, look, that is a viable option, especially from a creative standpoint now where, yes, if I have an idea, I feel comfortable presenting it as well. And maybe it, maybe they'll accept it, maybe they won't. But at the same time, it won't be one of those, well, nah, you do what we tell you to do and that's it, right? you know, kind of thing, which was the perception before. And that being said, should the other guys be worried a little bit? I don't think they need to be worried because they've got a hell of a locker room. You know, they're, they're pretty deep too. It's just, it, you know, uh, man, I don't know how to put it any differently other than now there's viable options for Leo and he get wherever he goes, just hopefully he gets used in, in a sense, at least if he goes back to WWE, there is a better chance of him getting used to his fullest potential. Yeah. Justin, do you think if he does go to WWE uh, again, stacked locker room, is that the best place for him? It'd be a place he has to fight for time. I'd imagine because it is so stacked, but of course it's the WWE. Well, you know, look, Leo rush definitely showed uh, he's, he's a dual threat. Uh, obviously he can do some phenomenal things in the ring. No, no disrespect to phenomenal AJ styles, uh, but he, he's also a great talker. And, and he kind of, you know, in, in a time where WWE is few and far between with managers, uh, he was a nice uh, asset to Bobby Lashley prior to Bobby Lashley having the hurt business and MVP uh, for heel Bobby, you know, Leo worked, so I, I don't know. I don't know if there's some. Um, I don't know if that was him hinting and wink, wink. I got, I got, I signed a deal and I'm, I'm coming back, or if it, it was just fishing, which I don't blame him or anybody at this point because right now where it seems like anything is possible, and that some uh, you know guys who are guys or girls who were once cut are now coming back uh, at the judgment of Triple H. Sh shoot your shot, P put your teases out there, put your photos out there, 
And if it goes viral and gets enough buzz, maybe it gets back to the office, uh, you know, or, or then you text uh, Hunter and say, hey, by the way, did you see a lot of people? Uh, it was the most common thing on Instagram this week. And, you know, I mean, who knows? What, what does it hurt? Uh, Leo's, uh, he, the only thing I'll say, and again, I, you don't know, you know, obviously, and again, Vince was in charge when he was last in WWE. So who knows where they're, you know, where the, where the, um, a budding of heads might have came there. You know, he had a, had a cup of coffee at AEW and we don't know what happened there. And, uh, and AEW is in a place where they, you know, seem to sign almost everybody uh so i so i i would wonder what um what his reputation is mm -hmm. I, would, uh, I would just wonder that i don't know yeah it's uh I, i'm thinking to it being a good idea all around i mean even if he has no intentions of signing with wwe i could imagine that as he's working the independent scene that's one of those things that makes people go "Ooh, we better sign him to do a show now before he gets yes. picked up yes uh yeah. which might give him a little bump in booking fees and things like that so yep. overall good good move on mm -hmm. on leo rush there um but speaking of signings, thinking about things shaking up, uh, according to a report from Fightful Select, many WWE talent believe that there will be a WWE draft in the fall. Several Raw stars are set for the first episode of WWE SmackDown after Clash the Castle, and uh, SmackDown stars are scheduled for both the September 5th and September 12th episodes of Raw. Many talent are speculating that the draft could be coming after the Clash premium live event. Another factor lending credence to this speculation is the fact that WWE writers have noted that repackages to various talent are coming around the same time as the cross-branded shows. Max Dupree and T-Bar are both speculated as possible candidates for repackaging. T-Bar recently wrestled the stand-up match against Ali on main event. Um, so now, uh, Justin, I, Makes sense, a draft happening, new creative, mix things up, kind of get a fresh restart, especially after Clash the Castle, which feels like it's their last sort of uh, predetermined thing before all this started. Uh, but at the same time, I think, well, they're going to be in the UK. So having people from both brands on the next show kind of makes sense because there's going to be some jet lag. Do you think, uh, what do you, where do you think of this? Yeah, this draft, this draft might be able to be identified as the ultimate complete reset of management change. Because as you just said, Jack, um, in the inherited shows and creative that that Triple H inherited, uh, obviously, you know, SummerSlam right on the corner, he's kind of had to get through that, not get through, mm -hmm. but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And even Clash was already there was all you know it was already kind of marketed around it was going to be Drew versus Roman, even though it was not a main official for a while. So yeah, once you get through that, um, they have a Saudi show, which there's been there's there's absolutely no nothing advertised for that. So that's a fresh slate. And then of course you have, God, it'd be great to see Survivor Series come back to some real relevance. And, and then you're into day one, and then God, you're you're at Rumble. <laughs> Who the hell could come back at Rumble? And you're and you're on the road to Mania. Um, Jeez, where does the year go? Right. So yeah. So if the dra the draft happening sometime after this this clash of the castle makes a lot of sense, and uh, this might be the most important draft in a long, long time because uh, if they still are going to have the brand split, um, this will be again Triple H's creative to okay, how is this going to operate? Who's ready from NXT to come up? Maybe who from Raw SmackDown do I want to send down on my buddy Sean to work in Orlando a little bit, kind of like we saw Apollo Cruz do recently. So. Um, what what big things could he be cooking up to satisfy the Saudis and do that big marquee stadium show? Like so, the draft will be huge because that's really going to be his chance. To, you know, the draft is the chance to completely scrap everything and restart. 
And so that will, so anything that's left lingering that whether it's a character's name or their, their backstory or their storyline or whatever, he can literally get it all. He can hit the reset button with everything on that night. Uh, Jimmy, is this, um, do, are you someone that likes the idea of multiple rosters or do you think that there should just be one? Cause they've obviously had drew on tonight, spoiler alert, but, uh, do you like the idea of one roster? How do you feel about the multiple multiple roster thing? Well, as someone who went through a few drafts it, back in my day, uh, <laughs> I like the idea of having separate rosters because the, the roster is so huge and there's only a finite amount of TV time for everybody. And we see it on other shows where uh, Justin, they like to try to cram 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10 pound bag this way. You know, you don't have to put everybody on every week. I wish some people would get that idea out of their head where this guy has to be shown every week and this person has to be shown every week and this talent has to be shown every week. No, you don't have to be shown every week. It's good to be on every week, especially if you're one of the more over people. But when you are one of the more over people, people have a desire to see you and, and you can tease that and help in the future. That being said, uh, I get, I'm getting a little off topic here. Uh, <clears throat> I like the idea of the two separate rosters and I, I like keeping them separate and have crossover very minimally so that when there is someone from raw who pops onto SmackDown or someone from SmackDown and they pop onto raw, it's so rare that when it happens, it means something. It's a big deal. Like, you know, it, it, sorry, Justin, I don't mean to cut you. No, it's no, kind of no. like you, you mentioned drew tonight for raw. Uh, it would have made a bigger deal if we didn't see that more often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I agree with Jimmy. As long as the roster is as big as it is, and as long as Raw and SmackDown is always owned by two different parent companies in terms of its distribution, but if if once the next TV deal comes around uh, a couple in two years here, if it ever gets to the point where Raw and SmackDown, like if Raw and SmackDown are both on, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I at some point because I, I wonder. Like I agree, there needs to be some separation. There needs to be a reason. Oh, I, I only get to see this person on Friday. That's a reason to do it on Friday. I only see this person. On but at the same time, I also, you know, when the brand extension started, it started after, you know, Vince had bought WCW, bought ECW. So then they had to manufacture their own competition, right? They had to manufacture brand supremacy. And I remember even JBL saying on, on some documentary, you know, we, 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 we've established, you know, brand loyalty where those people that just watch SmackDown, people that I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if there are people that just watch Raw, just watch SmackDown. So that's where I always wonder is like, like tonight, and again, not to get ahead, but when we get to McIntyre, I was waiting for Karrion Cross at some point to come out. And then part of me stopped and goes, well, does everybody watching the show know that Karrion Cross has returned? Mm. And, oh, by the way, he's returned to SmackDown, and he was last seen on Raw a year ago. So, like, I don't know. I'm very curious what the viewing habits of people are. And then, again, it's the Internet, so everybody's probably watched clips on social. And so even if you don't watch SmackDown for the full two hours, you probably know mm. Cross is back. I don't know. I, I, I'll be, again, that's why I go back. This draft will be really interesting to see how triple h handles it and who he puts where uh, follow up for you justin if uh is this kind of their way to separate the titles could you have drew get the win have the big moment where roman reigns gets defeated and then with drew day one of his title reign say okay now we're going to split them up and it doesn't feel like you're interrupting anything i, I don't you know it certainly feels like but but it, but right now they're at the, the way they the verbiage is the undisputed WWE, like they're encompassing both titles in the verbiage. So it feels like if Drew wins at Clash, that he all of a sudden now has two straps. Like I mean, it, yeah. I, I may, but uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but that's how I feel about it right now. Mm -hmm. 
I personally do think that you should have, even if they're separate brands, you should have one champion that rules over all of them. I absolutely agree. Sorry to cut you off, Jack, but I absolutely agree with that. And as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, they have done a good job of elevating both the quote-unquote secondary championships, the Intercontinental Championship, mm-hmm. which which main evented on Friday night in a heck of a match. And then, you know, they're elevating the U.S. title, which should have main evented tonight. But uh, again, we'll get to that a little later. But anyways, th- those they're in the process of ele- elevating those titles. And as even the announcers call them, the workhorse championships, one could be the the symbol of Raw, one could be the symbol of SmackDown with that world champion who, again, rarely appears on television mm-hmm. uh, in a match, uh, appearing on both occasionally. And that's mm-hmm. the way to go. For that's, I mean, if they can get away, especially. Again, I understand right now it's tough. They're playing with the business fire to have NBC own Raw right now. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, NBC is also paying a lot of money to lease and have the network and the, and the video archive. Mm-hmm. I can understand an NBC executive going, you know, I'm kind of pissed that I don't got Roman Reigns on my show every single week, but I'm paying you this. But he's showing mm-hmm. up on Fox's show. If they can get back to a point where somebody owns the distribution for both shows, if that happens in come 2024 and the new deals would kick in, uh, I like Jimmy's thought. Let that world champion only ever defend and only ever be in a match on. Uh, premium premium live events but mm-hmm. make the u.s and intercontinental so big that that's the main event title that we see change hands and defended regularly on the weekly shows mm-hmm. uh i i mean i and i and i think triple h is already making a point toward that to your to, to the point you guys all just made and and what, the way we've seen the u.s and ic title uh showcased um just in the last couple of weeks I, I really think that we're moving in that direction I think that's that's the right way to go um, we got a few um, super chats that I want to make sure we get to. Apox Music says, I love how they're booking into next week. I bought ticks for the Toronto show months ago, but due to Triple H, I'm now actually hyped. Cheers, guys. So thank you for the chat, Apox Music. But yeah, just uh, without getting into the nitty gritty of the week, uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy, I want to get your thoughts. I love how they're actually building up. Like, hey, there's a big match next week. They're doing things next week as opposed to just – yeah the Monday Night Raw. <laughs> exactly it's it, it's how it used to be they used to build they used to advertise something for the next week because they gave the audience something to look forward to someone where you go hey you know what this is happening next week on raw i really have to tune in to see this or if you're here in toronto maybe it'll make you say you know what i would love to see that live mm-hmm. uh we also got another one from keith robinson who says uh, and I think this is in regards to us talking about Vince McMahon. Uh, I go back to when Vince did the Pat McAfee show. Do you think he was foreshadowing now and was trying to improve his image on Pat's show? Justin, mm-hmm. I see you shaking your head. No, no, I think uh, <laughs> I don't think it was that elaborate. I think Vince did Pat's show to obviously they set up the uh, what was I guess the WrestleMania match. For, the, yep. Pat was going to mm-hmm. have a WrestleMania match and, you know, Vince has been known to you know to do a few big interviews as as you're on the road to Mania. He did a famous one on Howard Stern in 01 leading up to WrestleMania 17. Um, I think it was to help get Pat over. I, you know, I I don't yeah. certainly I, maybe Vince knew rumblings of the um, investigations of stories to come. Maybe he heard rumblings because he's that powerful. He's going to get wind of that stuff. But I don't think that he just knowing his what we think we know of him. I don't think he thought, well, you know, in four or five months, I might be ousted. I might be, I might not be in charge anymore. So I better start doing damage. No, 
This is this is the guy that after the first uh, Wall Street Journal piece comes out, wanted to make a point to come out and be seen on TV to kind of stick it to everybody. So I don't think mm-hmm. that he was uh, doing anything more that Pat McAfee show other than throwing Pat a bone to be a, mm-hmm. a big guest and to help promote Pat and for WrestleMania. Uh, and then we got another super chat from Allison Tuckwab who says, what happened to two hours? Triple H says he was going to change. Nothing changed. And he's pulling wrestlers in like fish. At least it seems that way. Uh, well, I'd say, Allison, if you say nothing changed, mm-hmm. but he's pulling mm-hmm. in new wrestlers. I mean, that's that's possibly the change. I feel like there's a diff- there's a change to it. But uh, Corduroy, what do you think about uh, Allison's mm-hmm. statements here about nothing changing? I get the idea that people think that three hours on a Monday night is a lot, and it is a lot, and, and especially in today's world where the attention span of of all fans for anything is is like not what it used to be. Let's put it that way. Even for movies, when I see a movie is like three hours, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I could sit through three hours in a theater, that kind of stuff, you know, whatever. But at the same time, the from a business standpoint, the way the television, uh, you know, deals are structured. There's more money in the extra hour. So at this point, it makes no sense from a business standpoint to take an hour away. And not only that, like I said, you can take your time telling your stories. Like tonight, I saw that they were taking their time with their stories. You may not have got as many people jammed into the show as you could have in three hours. But at the same time, you didn't hurry things along. You didn't rush. You were, you, you know, that's one thing I think Hunter's doing well right now is he's utilizing that time well. Mm-hmm. All three hours of it. Yeah, I'd quit uh, quit holding your breath on the three hour thing. I don't think that's mm. going anywhere anytime soon. Um, yeah, but uh, let's get into the show. Before I before we mm. I get into the show, though, I always like to first give a shout out to everyone who's in the chat, whether it be uh, John Millard, uh, Christopher Suarez, uh, Chuba Kichu, uh, Sergio Cardenas. Uh, I feel like I said that name wrong, Sergio. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, No Bueno crew in the chat, Baby Ice, uh, Dream Realm Studios, mm-hmm. Stephen Camp, uh, Junior N, Dylan Matthews, Zook Enigma, Goodfella, 1422, Ricky Zaldivar, and Doc P, and many, many more. Thank you so much for joining us live in the chat. What uh, a crew also, that sounds like. What was that? What a crew that sounds like. <laughs> we, we got, we do got the crew here. Uh, we also, if you're listening on uh, YouTube or if you're watching this later, leave a comment. Why don't you? If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review. Why don't you? If you're on Spotify, I don't know, just share the show, whatever you do on Spotify to show that you're enjoying it. Uh, thank you guys so much for t- hanging out with us, chatting with us, and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but let's get into the show. We start. Yeah with Judgment Day coming out. And Rhea starts the promo, uh, and she says she destroyed Dominic. And then Finn follows up, and he says he destroyed Rey Mysterio. And then Damian Priest gets the microphone and says, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to, I'll get to Edge. Just give me some time. Hold on. Um, Ray eventually arrives and clears out the Judgment Day. Then he levels everyone with a chair before Rhea distracts him, and then they beat down Ray as a group. Justin, is Rhea starting the promo? Uh, is her presence, is she more and more becoming the leader of this group? I've said it before, but more and more, it feels like she's the centerpiece. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh- Momentum is working in her favor. She is, um, she's standing out. Uh, you know, you know, and, and tonight was a great dynamic. She towers over Ray, as most people do, but she's obviously, she's obviously a, 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 a uniquely tall woman. 
um, her, you know, her build, her physique. She towers over Ray, but of course he can't hit her. So what a great little psychological, you know, thing there is there. After she was choking out his son, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I mean, yeah, that's really she really is, and then and even the framing, you know, they do the entrance, and you see Priest and you see Finn, and but she's the center. Um, so they're doing things right now. This is, um, you know, Judgment Day. Uh, don't know the story. Maybe Jimmy will find out eventually. Maybe we'll find out eventually on a and doc a and e documentary. Maybe we'll find out next week uh, in the match. You know, obviously Edge started it. It seems like an audible is called. Was it because they thought this was the best creative to have Edge come back as face? Was it because Cody Rhodes got hurt, so we need Edge's face? Whatever it may be, but it, for a moment mm -hmm. there, it looked like Judgment Day might be dead in the water. It might be retribution material. Ooh. Mm -hmm. But now, the tide has turned, and now Retribution looks more dominant. Rhea's elevating. Finn's elevating. Priest is elevating. He's going to be in a main event match on Monday Night Raw and what's going to be a sold-out Toronto arena, I'm sure against edge for his first match in over a decade on raw all of a sudden this judgment day does not feel dead in the water it feels mm -hmm. like they can get over even if priest does not go over next week mm -hmm. yeah they're definitely picking up steam and jimmy i want to talk to you about damian priest here because we talk about uh the promos lately but he was working the crowd a little bit he was definitely not on rails on this one he was responding to what the crowd was saying um, I don't know if this is a promo that we're going to be talking about for years and years, but I think this was one of Damien Priest's better promos. It felt natural, and that's the whole thing. You know, everybody talks about the scripted nature of, of pro wrestling, especially in the promo segments. This one didn't feel like that, and maybe, you know, he had to... Maybe, maybe this is the, the sign of how things are going to come to the future, where you got bullet points, but we want to see you. We want to see you, your character. We want to see you take these words and make them your own. And interacting with the crowd was a way that heels used to get heat back in the day. And guess what? I like to use this reference where, you know, when the wheel was invented, it was made of stone, but then it became wood. And then they mm -hmm. made it out of rubber, then vulcanized rubber, then run flat and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, guess what? That wheel is round. It still yeah. works round. And I think that's what they're, they're, they're utilizing now. They're, they're, um, blending. Like I said, I think I said this last week, I think one of the, Things Hunter's really, really brilliant at right now, in my opinion, is blending old school with new school and making mm -hmm. it work, especially in today's day and age where, you know, the, the, the fans see the heel and go, oh, that guy's a great heel. It's so cool. And they get all excited about it as opposed to going, you know what? What a son of a, you know, like, man, boo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to see him get his ass kicked. That's That's one of the things that is kind of lacking nowadays but now we're seeing a little bit more of that which is kind of cool that is uh yeah i mean justin to jimmy's point there and going back to sorry to go right back to ria here but today it was almost like she was verbally saying that like come on hit me hit me mm -hmm. and i i can't believe i'm saying this. i want ray to hit her i want <laughs> i want someone to hit ria ripley i was like that it was perfect i was like she's doing exactly what jimmy's saying yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I just I'll go back. Uh, Judgment Day just has a a swing of momentum right now, um, and I and I'm intrigued because next week, you know, Priest versus Edge in Toronto, uh, presumably going to be pegged in that, that main event slot, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll really want to see can can a main event like this boost the third hour, which typically is the lowest rated hour anymore, uh, just because it is third, uh, and. 
under Triple H, what's going to come out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to be as black and white as Edge gets a win? Is it as black and white as Priest gets a win on on the 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 creator? Is there a swerve? Mm-hmm. Is there a return? Is there a new dark leader of Judgment Day? Like, I mean, there's just mm-hmm. if, if anything is possible right now. That's what it feels mm-hmm. like. And that's the beauty of it. Speaking of anything is possible, anyone could be the next women's tag team champions. But we saw two teams go at it in the tournament. Asuka mm-hmm. and Alexa Bliss teamed up against Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop with Bianca Belair at ringside. And we got a pretty competitive and clean matchup, all things considered, given everything that was going on in this. Uh, we do get a post-match uh, three-on-three stare down. But Jimmy... Um, this was like I said, were you surprised that we didn't get any shenanigans or that I mean Bianca Belair was out there, but she didn't really do anything? No, a little bit. I, I, I wasn't surprised that Bianca didn't really do anything. I just uh, uh I was surprised that the the other trio, Bailey and, and company, didn't come out during the match and, and create a disturbance, so to speak, a distraction that would have maybe uh cost uh cost the team the match. But uh, at the end of the day, I like the fact that they kept that. That, that interaction between the two sides to the end and just, a, 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 you know, pretty much a face-off and had the, the, the officials and the agents and whatever come out and keep things uh, somewhat calm. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I'll just say, um, you know, Nikki and Dewdrop, you know, how long are we going to keep them together? How long is Dewdrop going to be Dewdrop? I don't know. But even just a little alteration they did to Nikki's appearance, uh, they at least looked more uniform together. They looked a little more serious together. So mm-hmm. uh, obviously they didn't get the win, but I felt they were um, less, less embarrassing than what they've been mm-hmm. in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, high praise, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I do like them as a team, actually. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like, to your point, Justin, it doesn't it wouldn't take major changes to get them on a track that would make them a great team, I don't think. No, well, I mean, look, <clears throat> I, and who knows? <laughs> who knows the origin of, of their pairing, of what the logic was in the writer's room or in Vince's opinion. But there are some things that make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's not a bad tag team formula to have the two different body types and builds mm-hmm. to complement each other and to play off each other. Uh, they're both Scottish, I believe. So there's a right there. There's a you know. So it, it, mm-hmm. it, the, the awkwardness was just that this happy go dewdrop character, and then <laughs> this Nikki mm-hmm. Ash superhero. It, that's where the awkwardness came, but if they can if they can kind of shed that and, and can kind of come together, like I said, even Nikki tonight, I think she had like a leather jacket and they were both wearing kind of black and they were in, in matching colors. That can at least make them look more on purpose of a tag team rather than just two mm-hmm. singles that get tossed together in the blender. Um, so I'll be interested to see, you know, now that they're out of this tournament, do they remain a tag team or do we, you know, what do we get? But I, I again, I think they were just less embarrassing of a presentation is the only way I could phrase it. So we're getting Asuka and Alexa versus uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai next week. Jimmy is it, a little, it feels like they're both kind of the favorites to win this thing. Is it a little surprising that they're on the same bra- side of the brackets? Um, a little bit, but at the same time, you know, we're seeing a lot more of these, uh, the, you know, uh, 
matchups were, you know, it's not defined who, who the, the crowd is going to be behind in these matchups. And, and also there's a lot of speculation out there about possible return of a, of the former champs and stuff like that. So who knows what's, what's in the books. And I like the fact that people are guessing that it's not like a, Oh, wow. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a foregone conclusion that this is going to happen. I like the fact that everything is very much up in the air and you can go in several different directions and they would work. So we, uh, we continue on and we have a backstage segment that I wanted to touch on real quick. And that's theory and Ziggler. Cause I thought this was fantastic. Uh, theory says he's more dangerous than ever. Ziggler, uh, then calls him out and says, dude, you've been getting beat up like crazy. Uh, you, I earned this and cashed it in. And that's why my cashing meant something. And he does have one of the best cashings, by the way. Uh, but then theory calls him over the hill and they get into a vicious fight. Justin, I love that they called back on this, that they didn't just sweep it under the rug. And now before where it was just kind of like this thing that was happening, I'm like, these guys seem like they hate each other. Exactly. You know, theory had been off TV for a few weeks, as you said, and, um, you know, look, just drawing to the past and, it, it was simple it was effective and then yeah their brawl happened and then the brawl continued after the commercial like it's just, just a simple extra pre-tape right probably you know it, i mean it, but it but it made it it made it worthy of then when they locked up in what would be the main event of tonight there was heat there there was animosity there these guys had to be separated and there's a little bit of history as you acknowledge with the money in the bank and so um yeah th- this was th- this was well done and i like even the when they continue to fight backstage the, mm-hmm. they basically fight into the camera and that's what cuts the camera i mean mm-hmm. it just it just had a, just more of again a chaotic unpredictable feel mm-hmm. and uh, i mean that's all you, you you don't who who the hell wants to watch anything pro wrestling crime drama comedy sitcom who wants to watch anything and be able to predict the next joke the next mm-hmm. the, the 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 next perp you know, no, no, that's no fun. What is that? Yeah. Just, just get, just, just keep me guessing of what you're going to show me next, and that, and that's all it takes. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what they did tonight in very simple form. Yeah, Jimmy, any, anything you want to add to this one? I, because I, I thought it was great. I know we're going to talk about the match in a little bit, but uh, anything you, you pulled from this that uh, you wanted to share? No, I think, I think Justin pretty much hit everything uh, spot on in my opinion. And like, like you said, it felt you feel like the animosity between these guys. And, and I like the fact, and, and what it is, is you've got your old school elevating your new school, mm-hmm. which is what this business has been predicated on since day one, you yeah. know, where the, where the veterans are helping elevate, regardless of the fact, uh, we're not going to talk about who won the match later on, but uh, until then, but um, mm-hmm. at the same time, regardless of the outcome of that match and who goes over, as we say, you can still get over without going over. And these are two guys that are, Ziggler's over huge with the audience and 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 theory is on his way there. Yeah. And because yeah, helped a lot. Because yeah, because once upon a time, Dolph Ziggler was in the booking position that Austin mm-hmm. Theory is in. So it, yep. it's a again, if you're if you're a long-term fan, if you're you know, a smarter fan that can dive into that, you, you see the parallels of oh, this is this is this is one generation coming to another here. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, good stuff there as we continue through. Now, this is where things I thought got really, really good. I really enjoyed this. I don't know how the rest of the world felt about it, but we got uh, Miz and Champa versus Ali and Cedric. And um, uh, first, they're upset that AJ Styles is getting a shot at the U.S. title, which is obviously 
foreshadowing some stuff later. Um, but then they also give each other some Pokemon cards I thought was mm -hmm. great. Um, and of course we get a really great match between these two tag teams. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Jimmy, Cedric and Ali were two of my favorites on 205 Live during the time. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't watch 205 Live its whole run, but when I was watching, they were the guys on top there. And I think they've got a lot of uh, credit here in uh, amongst the internet wrestling fans. Uh, do you think that this is a tag team that we should see more of? Did they, did they win you over? What were your thoughts from them in this performance? Well, I did enjoy them as a tag team and I thought they performed very well and they meshed very well with, uh, with Miz and Chapa. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't want to say that they were elevated more in this match against Miz and Ciampa, despite the fact that they, they lost to the heels. Uh, at the same time, I'd like to see more from them. You know, mm -hmm. you know, this was just kind of like, it almost felt a little bit like a thrown together team and in, you know, into a big position like that. But at the same time, I thought they performed very well. Uh, like you said, the match was very good. I just, uh, I don't, I don't know if I like the timing of it. I like the fact that they are putting emphasis on tag team wrestling again, but it just felt like a tag team match for the sake of a tag team match. It, it did, but, but uh, the positive it took out of it was it's kind of like, okay, Miz and Ciampa are still our focal point right now on storylines. They're who we're building right now. Mm -hmm. But let's go ahead and give Ali and Cedric some time to go out there and let the audience at least just get, you know, see them more and, you know, maybe say, oh, I like to see them again. And so, you know, I mean, there was, look, uh, Ali did this 450 that Ciampa was able to then hit his knee uh, i mean I, there was some fun stuff to watch here so you know i i thought that this was kind of like a trying to meet in the middle Let, let's mm -hmm. stick with what we're trying to focus on which is chomp as a project that we're trying to put center you know, we're trying to put um you know front and center obviously miz is a you know, future hall of famer but rather than having them just embarrass ali and cedric in three minutes let's try to you know it was kind of an aew uh mind in some ways where we don't believe in squash so let's give everybody a little bit of time mm -hmm. um but i think we'd all agree that ali and and cedric let's give them some time but just let's find it appropriately where we need to do it mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I i i enjoyed i enjoyed watching these these four get kind of creative freedom to put some of the sequences together that, that they did mm -hmm. Justin, this now we've said before on the show many times that Miz might be one of the most underappreciated wrestlers going right now. Sure. Is Champa the most pliable wrestler and that you can kind of put him anywhere because he's been a serial killer on NXT. He's now being kind of goofy with Pokemon cards and Miz. I feel like surprisingly, because I wouldn't have thought this, but watching him, he fits right in with the Miz. It the fact that he's gone from psycho killer nxt to hang with the miz and it feels natural i'm kind of blown away by that yeah no it's a credit to him he's making it work um because <laughs> he was very believable as the sicilian psychopath and and he <laughs> is somewhat entertaining as the pat himself on the back being kind of the miz's lackey even though when you look at them you're like he's being the miz's lackey but i feel like he could strangle the miz <laughs> if, if he wanted to <laughs> flip the switch uh, so I mean, yeah, credit to him, I guess, and credit to everybody. It, it is just kind of working. And, and Champa, to again, to put him over here, he's not the biggest guy. I mean, he's he's not even five ten, so he's not a big guy. He's got a great physique, but not a. He's got a great physique and he's got a great facial, but he's just not. He's not an imposing figure via his size stats, but yet he makes himself larger than life when he needs to. But yeah, now he's doing this kind of, it's not all comedy, uh, but he's doing this sidekick with the Miz and it's working. So mm -hmm. 
uh, I, you know, probably praised everybody. And again, praise to the Miz because the the Miz just is. Yeah. <laughs> he just he's really freaking good, despite yes. some people who still think they can knock him and say that he doesn't belong, which hmm. is, is is asinine. Right. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um, but we had two little backstage things can't come up. Uh, mm-hmm. technically three, because I'm going to do a callback that we I forgot to touch on earlier. But uh, first off, we there was an arm during the fight uh, mm-hmm. between Theory and um, uh, uh, Ziggler on, on the arm mm-hmm. or on the uh, door. And then also there's a fire backstage getting put out. So more chaos is going on mm-hmm. backstage. Uh, Jimmy, I want your thoughts on that, as well as we got to see the whole beautiful Ezekiel Elias family. Mm-hmm. It was good to see. Mm-hmm. It was it er- Ernie Senior. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> I believe. That? Yeah, yeah. That was that was fun, and that just uh, like again, it, it, I hate to put it this way, but wrestling is like a variety show. You get a little bit of everything. You get some of that fun stuff. You get the more serious stuff. You get it, stuff like that. And again, here are more question marks that make you want to tune in and say, "Hey." We saw the arm. We saw the fire. What's going on with that stuff? How did that begin? Where, where are my thoughts going? And then you names start popping into your head. Oh, I hope it's so and so. I hope it's so and so. Maybe it is this person. Maybe this person's coming back, which seems to be the uh, the prevailing uh, thoughts now that Triple H is in charge. And and who knows? It could very well be. I'm just curious. I'm I'm excited to see who or where this leads. And there was one more backstage too. It was the last backstage pre-tape we saw of a talent getting ready. Hmm. Um, where if you were, if you if you looked back, back left, Adam Pierce was instructing the security of something, and then that was the last pre-tape before we then saw that security need to come address a man in a black hoodie who jumped the barricade ah yes so is, i mean it's it's great that they have us paying attention to these little things mm-hmm. by the way just it's it's just fun it's cool now we're all looking for um these little easter eggs and, and things like mm-hmm. that um this next bit no easter eggs needed it was just pure meat and potatoes great stuff drew mcintyre and kevin owens i was mm-hmm. going nuts for this segment Drew McIntyre comes back and says he's hurt or comes out and says he's he hurt his back carrying the company for three years, but he loves it. And then he's listing off potential opponents and KO answers and says he uh, he looks like a cartoon and talks to the dumb voice and he's going to be the prize fighter now. Then we get a match and they just tear into each other. It's a great match that ends in DQ. Uh, KO hits Drew after the match and says that Reigns owes him one. Then Drew wrecks the Usos again, something he did on Friday night as well. Uh, this was, uh, Justin, I was thinking to myself, this felt like KO cutting the promo of a lifetime, Drew McIntyre cutting the promo of a lifetime. This was just fantastic. Like Both of them seemed like absolute superstars after that promo. They did. The promo felt like it was uh, creatively left in their hands. That's what it really felt like. We, there was a lot of terminology that was dropped real quickly of mm. we're pro wrestlers. We're in a pro wrestling ring. Let's just, you know, I mean, it, it, it felt, yeah, that's right. You know, it, um, you know, a lot of taboo words, yeah. uh, you know, but it felt good. It felt good to see the, see and feel the, the, the rage from Drew McIntyre. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the match, the match was so good. You know, the match got a, this is awesome. Chant went a couple segments and, and really, I mean, it was a, it was a, just a test of going back to the well, you know, uh, 
KO tries a frog splash. He tries the swanton. He gets a block, tries it again. Like, if they keep all going back to things. And I got to a point where I'm watching this match, and I'm like, you know, Jimmy is the ref here. I'm watching. I'm like, okay, based upon Drew's challenging Roman here in a few weeks on at the, mm-hmm. at the live event, the premium live event, KO is KO right now. Neither one of these guys can get their shoulders pinned. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. match is just, the audience is loving it. There is just a heat waiting here for somebody to screw this up. I didn't know if it was going to be Cross. I didn't know if it was going to be the Usos. It ended up being the Usos. But, I mean, that's that was all I could think was, this match is so good, and they're not going to let me get a winner. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, uh, and, Jimmy, before, I want I definitely want to get your point on this. But, yeah, just going back mm. to that promo. I, this was one of those ones that I, I felt like when I was younger watching with my friend, like, on the couch, and they're talking to each other, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you're, like, hitting each other. This is, they're, they're digging into each other. This is great. Uh, yeah. but, but, Jimmy – I want you to speak on that, but also the DQ. This is what my notes say. Maybe the sins of the past creeping up into the Triple H era. These long matches that are great that mm-hmm. we know aren't going to end clean, and we're going to get a DQ. Maybe the right answer, but I'll be honest. In the moment, I was a little bummed out. No, and it's understandable that you'd be bummed out that you didn't get a clean, decisive winner and a clean, decisive finish, but or even a. a a heel type finish, whatever the case may be. At the same time, DQ finishes work because they they prolong storylines. And and what we got tonight between Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre was, like you guys said, one hell of a match. And we got to see the Kevin Owens that we got to know back in the day, not the one who was having problems with Zeke. And yes, he made that work. That whole stuff mm-hmm. with Ezekiel, he made that work. It was Kevin Owens who made that that the, that story work. But Kevin Owens is a type of wrestler. I'm not saying this because he's Canadian, fellow Canadian, but sure. it's because he's that good that wherever he is placed, he will make it work. And he puts in 110%. And we saw, like you said, we saw the real Kevin Owens tonight. I love the more serious nature in his tone. I love the fact that he was a little more aggressive. And, you know, he was passionate. And you can felt you felt that passion in his promo. And the same with, with Drew. And both guys look like, despite the fact that they were a little maybe snug with each other, love being in the ring with each other. But would they have it any other way? They don't want to go through the curtain and say, that looked pretty light and weak late yeah. in the time. They, they, well, they, not those two guys. <laughs> one of the things he said, talking about, uh, you know, just uh, popping me, is when uh, Kevin Owens, or speaking about being Canadian, is uh, when he came out and said, enough is enough and it's time, time for, a, for change. a change. I was like, yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got way more excited about that than I probably should have. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, we got some super chats here. And uh, Amit, you've been waiting for a long time, but I wanted to wait until we were to this part of the show. So I appreciate your patience. Uh, Roman, Amit says, uh, Roman should vacate one title to someone like Drew or KO as Raw is on fire right now. Isn't his part-time schedule already hurting SmackDown ratings? Um, no. And uh, no. Justin, I'll let you take that one it's not hurting the ratings. Uh, it's not hurting the ratings. And, and, and no, why, why, why would you, why would you win some titles at mania? Like he did hold them and defend them for five, six months. Like he has now. And then I'll say, okay, I'm going to vacate. I'm just going to like hand it over. No, they, I mean, they, they, they need to figure out. And I, and I think this is probably one of the top priorities in triple H's transition and creative is okay. What did Vince have in mind? Was Roman a champion? Is Roman, a champion of two straps 
or are we or have we unified them or we're going to revert back to the u.s and ic being you know as we talked about that's probably one of the top priorities that triple h is figuring out right now he's probably talking to roman he's probably talking to they need to figure that out but if but if it is going to be two separate straps and if they don't want roman to have both they're not going to have roman just vacate they're going to figure a creative way out to where somebody challenges roman for everything and roman's going whoa whoa, whoa i got two straps here who are you you get to challenge me for two titles, earn your no. keep. You get to challenge me for one title first, and then he'll lose that. You know, the, the, be creative. Let Roman keep. You know, you've built Roman up for the last couple of years. Don't just, uh, don't just, just you know, lose all that. You know, let him still <clears throat> be him. So that's what they need to do. If they're gonna, that's what they need to do. They don't need to have a vacation. And, and no, he's not hurting. Uh, he's not hurting the ratings at all. Yeah, Jimmy, I always say that the uh, worst thing you can do in wrestling is say, oh, that thing that happened in the past didn't matter. And right. I feel like him just vacating a title would be like, oh, yeah, WrestleMania, that didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to see him a lunder blaze that won the championships uh, at all, that's for sure. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with him having the unified championships and, and being the champion of both brands, of, of one company. Exactly. So you know what I mean? Uh, yes, he's, it, it, technically one's the Raw championship and one's the, the SmackDown championship, but at the same time, he unified them. Regardless mm -hmm. of the fact that he's carrying two two title belts around, there's still it's a unified championship. So I I, I don't know. I don't I don't agree with you, <laughs> young man. Well, we got uh, Allison Tuckwab in the chat also mm -hmm. adding. Uh, I had fun with Issa. I was talking with her. She has a personal talking show. So very cool. Oh. Shout out to. Uh, yes. NYC Demon Diva. Yeah, she has uh, her watch alongs. Yes. And her watch alongs. Very fun. Check her out on Twitch. Uh, mm -hmm. But Allison uh, also adds uh, Do you think by chance the two companies meet each other by accident schedule wise? Uh, I'm guessing maybe uh, like doing a pay per view on the same show, uh, Jimmy, or um, when, when you say two companies. Uh, I'm guessing like AEW and WWE is what I would assume, <clears throat> Allison. I don't know if I'm misunderstanding that but uh i i don't think uh, that would happen by accident if the, i think happening on the same weekend possibly because now wwe is doing their premium live events on saturdays i could see them doing a saturday maybe aew possibly doing a sunday on the same weekend but uh you know they're either way regardless of who you're more of a fan of it doesn't matter you're kind of hurting yeah uh, your own business because you're making fans choose especially the ones that 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 um, you know may not be able to catch both pay per views and have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, there's never an accident. I mean, like, first off, WCW and WWE Allison yeah. and their Monday Night Wars they went head to head, and that's when they that's that's when the pay per views got up to where there's one a month where it became twelve a year. They never, ever, and they all stayed on Sundays, mm -hmm. ever. Had one pay per view the same day as the other. You never saw mm -hmm. Halloween Havoc on the same October Sunday as No Mercy. Like that just never happened. Right. It's it not. Is it's not going to happen. A perfect example coming up here on Labor Day weekend here in the U.S. WWE is doing their newfound territory of a Saturday show with the Clash and the Castle in Cardiff. Mm -hmm. So all out push themselves AEW. They're going to do Sunday. September 4th. Like, they're never, we might have the same weekend. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tune into Wrestling Inc. 
but the companies are never going to try to go head to head for their premium live events slash pay per views. That's just that's just stupid business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just costing yourself money at that point. Um, but uh, Rollins comes out says that uh, uh, he, he interrupt or before Riddle can make an announcement, Riddle interrupts and says that he's not only healthy but he's there. So he runs mm-hmm. out there and they fight it out, and uh, Riddle eventually chases Rollins out through the crowd. And then tells uh, Kevin Patrick that he's going to meet him at Clash the Castle. Hey, Kevin Patrick will be there. Uh, so, uh, uh, Jimmy, this was just a fun, I think this was a quick, fun segment. I didn't overthink it and um, did what it was supposed to do. Absolutely. And, and, and again, it was entertaining. It was fun. And like you said, sometimes you, there's a tendency nowadays to overthink things. Yes, you can be overly creative for lack of a better term. Keep it simple, stupid. Sometimes is still the best method, best method to get to where you want to go. And the destination here was to promote their upcoming match at Clash at the Castle. And I think they did a wonderful job of doing that. Yep. Yeah, and this match, you know, this match could have took place at SummerSlam. The 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 Riddle injury mm-hmm. was was a storyline injury. He's fine, uh, but people asked why did they not do? It? And this is why SummerSlam was already stacked. You didn't need this. Uh, they addressed it briefly uh, the way they did at SummerSlam by having these two guys have a little brawl and, and just remind you there's conflict. But you know, you can build an entire premium live event around this being one of the big advertised matches. So I think this is smart that they did it this way. And uh, I, I love Look, Riddle is over. He is just, mm-hmm. uh, and we're, you know, look, Riddle, they're even moving away from the RK bro. You know, there, there's no mention of Randy tonight. There's no mention of that branding. That's sad. If you're a Randy Orton fan, like I am, because that just tells me that Randy probably is just not coming back anytime soon mm-hmm. for uh, health reasons. So that sucks. But the fact that there's no Orton rub being rubbed in the audience's face and that tonight Riddle was just Riddle in his mom's basement who then he appears that he's there in D.C. and and goes to to fight Rollins and the crowd is going banana. That's a great sign that you got a baby face here in the future, a baby face that has not won any big titles, has not been in really any major matches. That's a good sign for the company. They got somebody to build on. Mm Do you think maybe this whole uh, obviously taking him off of SummerSlam because SummerSlam is already stacked? But do you think the break kind of helped break away from the RK Bro thing? Yeah. Now he's been off and they can kind of reintroduce him. Yeah. They, they, yeah. It's almost like, yeah, they need a little bit of time to say, okay, we're going to stop Riddle with this campaign of um, fulfilling what his bro Randy wanted him to do. You know, maybe Randy's not going to be back for a while. Let's just try to like put that on the side and let's just mm-hmm. let Riddle be his own man. He's got a problem with Seth Rollins, so let's handle it. When Randy comes, I'm going to say when he comes back. When that music mm-hmm. hits, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be so mm-hmm. excited. Uh, we got someone who came back today, though, Veer Mahan. Not just Veer coming back, Mahan coming back. The last mm-hmm. name tacked on there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes out and he gets a squash match. Jimmy, I've noticed, as I'm sure everyone else has, WWE has come back to it. The squash match is back, baby. We get at least one a week. Well, that's the thing. You're not overdoing it. You're getting the occasional one that helps uh, a talent, someone like uh, Avir Mahan. And I love the fact that they're actually using both names now, too. It's a, it's it's another sign that things are slowly changing. Maybe, maybe we will get an Austin Theory back eventually you know instead of just calling him theory but maybe it's it's another small step in the right direction but again enhancement matches i know 
people say, well, they, you know, we haven't seen enhancement matches since way back when, you know, superstars and challenge and blah, blah. enhancement matches for guys like Veer Mahan or any other big star that you're trying to get over to the audience helps. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it helps. And, and to go a level further, when a guy like Avir Mahan, who doesn't have the years of experience in the ring reps, especially in front of a crowd, mind you, Avir Mahan's a guy who had a lot of several of his years during the pandemic, during empty mm-hmm. arena situations. So he's still learning how to work in front of audiences. So what squash matches do with, with the enhancement talents, with the jobbers, it also allows a talent just to get over their signature moves. They're not they're not boggled down having to do 20 minutes with a with a commercial break in between of uh, the psychology of a, of how do we keep an audience engaged for a back and forth but we don't get to your finish for 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. He may not be ready for that, but what the what these matches do here is it's like okay, we want you to go out there, we want you to do your entrance, we want you to do all your things in your entrance. Here's your four featured moves. Mm-hmm. We need them to be showcased, and we want you to do it and make it last for five minutes. And we saw the 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 enhancement talent tonight, the bow, whatever. He he was dodging, doing the cat and mouse game. That ball a little bit of time. It got Veer frustrated. Veer had to use his power to slow him down, and Veer got to get over his couple. He did he does like a test press. He does his whatever. He does gets to the million dollar arm. It, it, it's 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 a it's a it's a letting these guys crawl before they can walk. Without embarrassing them and 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 taking them out of contention for being believed as, you know, main event guys. That that's mm-hmm. what this was doing tonight. And 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 you know, obviously, you know, Jimmy started, and it just this is what these matches are great for. It just lets guys come along at a slower pace. You know, and that's what it is. And so I, I'm I'm so in favor of bringing having at least one every Raw mm-hmm. back. Yeah. It also keeps uh, guys like Veer fresh on our mind. Like, oh, yeah, he's winning. Uh, one thing that they didn't need to freshen me up on is when they said, last time we saw Veer, he was uh, trying to destroy the Mysterios. And I was thinking, yeah, that mm-hmm. seems to be the same thing that happens to the Mysterios all the time. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening to him now. People but, keep trying to destroy the Mysterios. What Judgment Day is doing. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact right. same thing. I know it's 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 we saw uh, you know Ray earlier and it, it's a, he he's in another story. I don't think they had to bring that up, anyways. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so uh, AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley, U.S. title on the line. This was a prime match of the night, I guess I'd say, um, because I guess the other contender I, I would say was Drew versus KO, but that one was DQ. So. By logic, I say AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley was match of the night. Um, and this one was great. We had uh, Champa and Miz come out. Uh, they get chased off at some point. Uh, Dexter Loomis comes out. He gets stopped halfway through, but Bobby Lashley retains. He is still the U.S. champion after beating now two weeks in a row. Just banger matches. Jimmy, the U.S. Mm. title, they set it on commentary the highest accolade you can have on Monday Night Raw. Uh, exactly. They're putting the title over. They're making it meaningful again. They're making it a priority on their storytelling list for Monday nights, which is why maybe you can make the argument, which is the argument I'm going to make, that this match should have closed the show and left people uh, thinking that, hey, with the U.S. title in the main event spot, that's what it means to this 
brand and that's what it means to this company and that's what it means to the fans too that it is the title worth fighting for that we're going to see on this brand so uh, you know i i don't know how many other ways i can put it but you know and it's no disrespect to the guys that were in the last match but this match in my opinion should have closed the show mm-hmm. i would i would agree with that this felt like it should have been the end um but Justin, this match, like Bobby continues to grow uh, as just an unstoppable force, continues to put on great matches and beat big names. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on him, but also who is Loomis after? Because he's come out twice now and Miz and AJ were out there both times. I think he's out after AJ. You know, AJ was there at the commentary. I know Miz is approaching him, but uh, I'm going to say AJ. That would make that would make more sense, I think. Um but I, I, and credits again, the way they're handling this. Obviously, we talked with Easter eggs, but then even Loomis jump in the barricade and the security grabs him. And uh, Corey Graves and commentary reacted as if it was a real rogue fan jumping the barricade. They were genuinely, genuinely concerned for their health and well being and not knowing who this person is. Uh, you know, commentary is always bantering with each other, they were all embracing each other and helping. And then even when they came back from the break, uh, mm-hmm. they wanted to talk about it and, and subtleties. Corey Graves didn't even want to say Dexter Loomis's name. He said, let's not even mm-hmm. give him the time. Let's get, let's focus back on this great match. Mm-hmm. Subtleties. Again, not to, but it's, it's, an, it's hard to not to do right now because we're in this mm-hmm. such new phase. Previous creative direction would have been, we have to scream it in people's face. That was Dexter Loomis. Mm-hmm. he's going crazy he's jumping barricade no 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 subtlety because it, it, it came, the presentation came off so much more natural as if you know most people at this point we figured out mm-hmm. it's Dexter Loomis but still when you watch it you, you still might go well, that's Dexter Loomis but man it looked like he really screwed up the the match that it, it, it's uh, the subtleties the you know the jimmy's phrase jimmy and arda the little things the little things the yes little and, things. and 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 like you said the subtleties and the little things even when they went to commercial fade to black seemed, it was yes, black it, it, it felt uh like yeah. unprepared yes exactly yeah when it went when it went out uh at first i was wondering if my sling got like froze up or something because the, the way it went out i was like oh did did something happen and I had to like, and of course it started again. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, very. Uh, Your sling got worked. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I think we all agree definitely should be the, uh, should have been the last match. Um, mm-hmm. But we got one more match before we get to the main event Dakota Kai versus Dana Brooke. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a backstage segment that I thought was kind of funny because it was sort of like Dakota Kai said, Hey, don't worry, Dana Brooke. And then she said, but you should work worry Dana Brooks. I'm going to beat you up. I don't know. It was kind of a weird, weird way the promo went, but they have a match and Justin, it felt like Dakota kind of just beat the crap out of Dana Brooke. She did. Yeah. Um, uh, Dakota Kai is obviously more in the focus right now, what they're trying to build to. Um, I'll be interested again with the change of creative with the draft. Uh, do we quietly do away with the 24 seven title? Do well, you, you know, what's, it obviously was a title that was created out of USA network collaboration of let's spice things up several summers ago mm-hmm. and has become a joke kind of conga line, you know, title. Um, so I'll be 
but I'll be curious to see what happens there. But I mean, this was the right call. Uh, mm-hmm. Dakota Kai and that and her trio is what they're building right now. So there's no, there's no other right answer for how to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, Jimmy. The if they made the twenty four seven title disappear, I don't think anyone would, would argue. But it, it does yeah. seem weird to me that they reminded us pretty heavily last time that Dana Brooke was the twenty four seven champion. Uh, but mm-hmm. now they're it's like Dakota Kai went out of her way to say, I'll have a match with you, but not for the title. Please don't mm-hmm. give me the title. Right. Kind no, of a weird it, setup. it is kind of a weird setup. I, it, it, it's the the uniqueness in the in the the luster that the 24-7 championship the used luster. to have. I don't know if you want to put luster, <laughs> but it was a lot more fun back in the day when when Gerald Briscoe was pinning Crash Holly in the APA office and stuff like that, it, you know, it was a little bit of ha-ha, but it's, I think times have changed and people are not as into that, that kind of thing anymore. And I, yeah. Here's where I think the disconnect is the 24 seven title, the subtext gimmick to it is you're a champion, but not for long mm-hmm. versus early 2000s and i'm going to reference one of my favorite jimmy corderas moments the hardcore championship title was very transient and was could be you know defended and lost and won at any time but because the gimmick was you had to be hardcore and you use some ridiculous and, and bloody and violent you know gimmicks to do such there was credibility you know, the hardcore title was it was the old winged eagle title ripped up and bandaged together, given to Mick Foley as a as a as a gag, as Mr. McMahon was looking down his nose at Mick Foley and how common and, and disgusting Mick Foley was. And, 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 it, and then it evolved to the point of one of the greatest WrestleManias ever that I was at at Houston. Jimmy's refereeing this match between Kane, Big Show and Raven, where it's all about this damn title. These mm-hmm. these MFers are fighting all through the the the, the, the Astrodome. <laughs> Golf mm-hmm. carts breaking down, walls yeah. are falling down, but it wasn't a joke what they were fighting for because one of the mm-hmm. gimmicks of fighting for this title is you got to be hardcore. Right. So you mm-hmm. need to get violent, you need to get bloody, you got to do some crazy things. Yeah, you might only be champion for 24 hours until somebody on Raw beats you the next day, but if they beat you it's going to be because of something ridiculous and violent. Mm-hmm. the violence and the credibility is lost now the 24 7 title is just mm-hmm. the that's the that's the the disconnect mm-hmm. of what it is mm-hmm. i guess yeah i i can see that makes sense and 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 thank you for bringing that up justin because that was the only time i ever got chauffeured by kane on the back of that oh, yeah course. and then the golf court he ran it off the damn yeah and almost uh, ran over some power wires and we thought oh oh the first the thing was thinking, yeah that was the, the thing i was worried about what great analysis from mm. Justin Labar, mm-hmm. by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Jeez Louise, that's a clippable moment. If we had a producer right now, I'd say clip that out and put it on social media. I wish mm-hmm. that was the main event. Forget AJ Styles and Bobby <laughs> Lashley. We need to have that as the main event. Yep. Uh, but I digress. We have we have one more match to get to, folks. Mm-hmm. It's Theory versus Dolph Ziggler. Um, and we kind of alluded to it and Justin, I'll get your take on it first is uh, I like both these guys. It was a great match. I thought that it felt like there was some stuff on the line because they're both kind of in need of a win, but 
they're both guys that take L's pretty regularly. So for a main event after AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley felt a little underwhelming. It did. I agree with Jimmy. I, I don't know why this match, why they pegged it as last. The only thing I can figure maybe look, the last hour does do the lowest just because again, the audience just, you know, they go to bed and whatever. So maybe it's a velocity of, okay, the U S titles is meaning more. We want to put it earlier on the show. I, I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, I was interested in this match, uh, and, and, and Jimmy, I think you probably are right there with me. Dolph Ziggler takes L's with the best of them, and, and, but he sells better than anybody. Theory has not won anything since winning the briefcase. He's just been, he's just lost every, he's just struck out in every which way. And then he, then he was absent for a few weeks. So we all naturally wondered mm-hmm. Vince McMahon's on screen chosen one. Is he Hunter's chosen one? Mm-hmm. Um, so how does this match go down? It turns out to be a really good competitive match. And oh. Dolph, again, selling like only Dolph can sell. Uh, Theory wins it. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, this I mean, this, this solidifies that they're going to run with Theory as the briefcase holder. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he's going to have a successful cash-in. But they at least reminded us that he's, he's a briefcase holder. Um, I don't know. It, Dolph was once theory, so that's kind of cool. Mm. But I, I don't know what to make here. I, I still think that the jury might be out on is theory our guy who's going to be a world champion holder in the next year. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's so weird, Jimmy. To, to I want to hear your thoughts too, but it's so weird how um, I usually don't get too hung up in in like the order of stuff. Uh, but this one, I can tell if we switch theory and Ziggler and AJ and Bobby. My reaction to Theory and Ziggler would be so positive right now, but because mm-hmm. it came at the end, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, and, and the crowd, it, and you could tell from the crowd, they kind of felt the same because they were a little quiet through most of this. It, it, one of the reasons I think too, uh, uh, and you guys can, uh, you know, disagree with me here was there wasn't something on the line. I mean, I don't know, I, I can't recall because, like I say, sometimes too many ref bumps over the years, but. If, if maybe Dolph, who had one of the most successful cash-ins ever of that briefcase, mm-hmm. would have said something to to uh, to um, Theory along the lines of, you know, hey, if you remember, I had one of the most successful cash-ins ever, and I could do it again. If you put that, that, that Money in the Bank briefcase on the line in a match against me, and if you lose that match, now I right. Have that if if something was on the if line. That, that if match, that's oh my god, if that's on the line, the false finishes tonight. You're you're on the edge of your seat, going, oh my god, are they going to yeah. take this damn briefcase away from Theory? And yeah. because because of the, all the fans that know the backstage news of uh, of Vince right. Vince being out, right. and this was Vince's guy. Now you believe there's a chance that Dolph could be the guy, to, to, you know, to relieve him of the briefcase and, and take that spot. I, I wonder if there's a, a way, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to, but you could almost turn theory face by having him be the guy that now, instead of having the boss behind him mm. now has to fight to prove he no. deserves to be there. I'd have a hard time buying that the- theory is a really good heel in the selfie thing. And I'd have a hard time buying that right now. Yeah. He's hateable, but I'm trying to find a way. I like him. So I want people to like, him. no, I think, no, I think, no, no, I think theory, first off, theory is a good heel. I think mm-hmm. uh, theory tonight, you watch him work with, and of course, Dolph can, you know, I mean, Dolph, you know, Dolph could have a triple threat with Jimmy and I, and he'd make us look like, like studs if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Dolph's really good. 
theory is theory is very. I I can see why Vince hitched his chosen one wagon to theory. Mm-hmm. I really can. Yeah. Um. I, I I don't. For all the talk of Vince is out of touch or this and that, I think Vince saw and 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 and, and correctly saw potential in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Triple H probably to to an extent sees it as well. Maybe has a different timeline, and that's where the discrepancy might come. But I mean, Theory has got it. He has it. He really does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that gets thrown away. I think it's just a matter. I think it's timeline. I think, and I think it's timeline of things that maybe um, aren't yet determined. Theory's push might get accelerated under the Triple H regime if there's two world titles. If there's an extra world title to be won, while Roman Reigns can be your other world champion, that changes things. If Roman Reigns is going to be your only world champion, well, then that's different. Now we got to get theory. Right? Can, can can we make the IC and US titles so distinguished that theory cashes the money in the bank on one of those titles? There's a lot of dynamics at play, and I think that's what they're probably working through right now. Is uh, what do we want? So, yeah. Jimmy, what is what were you, what what are your odds if you were Vegas that theory cashes in successfully? at any point during his run? Ah, I don't know. I I, I don't... It doesn't have to necessarily be against Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is not a champion, but it's just in general. But that's the thing when you talk about it doesn't have to be Roman Reigns. If you really want to elevate a U.S. title or an intercontinental championship, having someone cash in their money in the bank briefcase for one of those titles will absolutely elevate that title to a different level. Whereas, hey, he could have used that to cash in against uh, the Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship, but he chose the United States title. And some people say, well, yeah, because he figured he he had an opportunity there or a better chance of winning, whatever the case may be. At the same time, it does elevate that championship because it makes it look like it's important enough to use the briefcase to win. And But for that to happen, I think the title match, the U.S. or IC title match, has to be almost pegged as the main event of a major show. So w- whatever show, whether it's, whether it's a, a raw or SmackDown that's advertised for weeks in advance, mm-hmm. a Saudi show, a survivor, show, whatever it needs to be. It needs to be the main event show. That's the, that's the easiest way to make it seem like, okay, that was worthwhile is that he cashed in on the main event of the show right. for that particular title. Right. And triple H is doing the right steps right now to make those like the way they're building the U S and IC title you know, you could peg it as a main event for a future uh, you know, premium event, and I'd buy into it. But I think that's how you have to do it. You can't, you can't cash in for US and IC, and then thirty minutes later give me a Roman Reigns world title match and expect mm-hmm. me to, you know, it, that can't happen. Yeah. Right. And, and really quickly, if I can, Corey yeah. said something at the end of this match that not only pertains to to uh, theory, but I think. Uh, uh, maybe a sign going forward. He said that the youth movement continues. And I think it, it was directed towards theory, but at the same time, I think it was a little bit of a general statement as well. I mean, it's, a, it's I don't know how old everyone is, but uh, it does seem true. At the very least, it's uh, the fresh movement you know, moves on uh, new names and whatnot. So uh, that I think that might be alluding to more and more of them coming up. That does it for this show, though. We, we covered everything. We went through the whole show. Um, before we sign off, anything you guys uh, have to add on? Uh, Justin, how about 
Anything you have to add, and where can the world find you online? No, nothing to add. We covered it all. Uh, yeah, no, at Justin Labar, uh, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, all the things. Um, back here Wednesday night with Jimmy and Issa for AEW, and um, yeah, it's 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 a really exciting time. It's this is a this this feels this feels like a a, a just a total refresh of wrestling with what's going on in WWE. AW is growing, uh, and then the, the smaller guys, Impact, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, don't, it, it, don't sleep on them. Yeah, no, there's a lot going on. I, and but again, I go back to we have the Cardiff show coming up, then we have the Saudi show, Survivor Series, and then we get into Road to Mania. Like, if 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 Hunter's welcoming all suggestions now, what the hell is he going to be willing to listen to for Rumble? The Rumble is going to be so exciting. I'm Rumble is my favorite show of the year, anyways. So I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait um, until Rick Boogs comes back, wins it all. It's going to be incredible. Right? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Tremendous. What's uh, the first? What's the first WrestleMania booked completely by Triple H going to look like? Ooh. That is. Think about that. It's going to be Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Book it. I'm trying to do the eyebrow. It's not working here. Anyway, that seems to be the rumor. Uh, but Jimmy, any any final thoughts? And uh, where can the world find you online? No, I agree. This is a great time. If you're a wrestling fan, try not to overanalyze everything. Just sit back, relax, and try to enjoy. Don't don't try. We critique because this is what we do on the show. But but if you're just as a fan, I'm enjoying wrestling across the board right now. And uh, I can I can, you can see some of my fun critiques i like to make them fun on my uh at jimmy corderas or at real jimmy corderas on instagram doing the old here's a cheap plug ref and rants daily from monday to friday and i like to have fun with them and in my in my critiques so to speak and again like i said i'm having fun being a wrestling fan i'm having fun being on here talking with talking about it with you guys and on wednesday nights with justin and isa and uh, i'm going to do it for as long as i can yeah, we're, we're we're paid to fill the ninety minutes to debate. That's why we're <laughs> yes. Monday morning quarterback and everything. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Well, this was fun. It's always fun chatting with you guys. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. You can also check me. I got a Twitch now. Real Jack Farmer at Twitch. Or Jack, not your hair me. looks kind of flat. What's going on tonight? You know, I got to be honest with you. I, we have family over, and they were cooking right before we got on. It's about a thousand degrees where I'm sitting right now, and and everything mm. is just kind of. Coming down right now, so uh, uh, I am going to try to cool down. Here. The two aficionados of hair on your left and right, yeah, yeah. your hair is looking a little flat. Yeah, I wish I had that. Speaking of Monday that. morning quarterback, <laughs> yeah, right. Like oh yeah. if I had, if I had your hair, no, I know, no kidding. <laughs> Well, uh, if you guys use our new sponsor, no, we don't have a sponsor. This is why you need to be watching the video version of the podcast. If you're listening mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Uh, just driving around, just hearing our sultry voices. If you don't know what we look like, you need to be watching the video. You need to see Jimmy. It, Jimmy is the pro wrestling referee vet. I'm the mid thirties dude rocking my <laughs> Under Armour and Dad bod, and then there's Jack with his in sync boy band, good looking hair, oh, hosting this God. show. 
it's the only reason I'm here. Once it's gone, I'm gone. Oh no, that's all I got. Yeah, uh, because this is how we do it. Jack Farmer, a, a great, a great DJ for weddings too. Yes, yes. I'm, yes. A, I'm a wedding DJ. You can find me again at at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Jack, what's the most unusual first dance song you ever played? Oh yeah, there's been some weird ones. We'll have to. Uh... No, give me a weird one. Come on, <laughs> sign us off. Sign us off on a yeah. weird one. Yeah. I I don't want to say because if they hear, then they'll know who I'm. Talking oh no! Don't I'm not. No. Don't give me the names of the people getting married. No, Tell me the song. If I, if I say the songs, then people are gonna know. Like, oh, I mean, the first dance isn't usually too weird, but I, who, I just, wait, wait, I get some weird requests. Just say the the song. I'm not. The, 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 if the married yeah. couple happens to be watching, then you're not you're not naming them. Just tell me the song. Yeah. I, I don't I don't have any good uh any, any oh good. you're oh, oh, gonna, come on I'm gonna you don't I'm have gonna, to name them the, I'm pleading the fifth I'm pleading. everybody uses <laughs> at Edda James at last or we, we do get a lot of Edda James at last yeah. we we get a lot of Ed Sheeran is always very popular in the first give me the weirdest category. one come on give me a weird one uh, <laughs> I don't have any I'm gonna I'm gonna play the ah. pleading the fifth and we're okay. signing off okay we're done we're done so here I'll see you guys. Next week, or you can check out the, the NXT after show. Who used the Humpty Dance? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.